Well, yeah, I'll tell you a bit more about it in a minute. Barney just suggested I wrap my talk now. He set the tone, that guy. I was wrapping the amazing grace, wasn't he? That would be memorable, but not necessarily helpful. So uh, <laughs> um, we are doing a series in John. And last week, we've already heard just some of the, the outworkings of people hearing the preach and being able to press into justice. Um, and this week, we are looking at what is real love. Bosh, I know. I've been stewing, percolating, all sorts of looking over the scriptures that we've been given and just going, Father, what is real love? Because we look at our culture, right? And we go, you know what? It's about sex, getting the best sex you can. It's about your sexual identity, your sexuality. It's about uh, self-love, self-motivation. It's, it's just, I, I Googled it as well as, you know, do a bit of research, do a bit of Googling. And the search engines came up with pages and pages and pages of some helpful stuff, some rubbish stuff, something in between, some stuff that's just plain evil, to be honest. And it's like being at sea with a boat without an anchor. Like, that's the best way I could describe when people are looking for love and going, what is real love? It was just, I just kept going through page after page, and it was like being at sea as a ship without an anchor. And you can just float from one thing to the other thing, trying to find the thing that fills your heart. And when I thought that, I was just like, oh, gosh, Lord, that's... How sad is that? How lost is that? How hopeless is that? How hard is that? And, um, yeah, the wonderful news is that there's a truth that is an anchor, that when you know Jesus, you know real love. And, um, it's yeah, we're going to look at John 4, the story of the Samaritan woman, as well as we go through. So if you've got your Bibles, do feel free to get it out. We're not going to read it per se, but we're going to talk through that story. And, um, and something else, just in terms of real love, is... God has wired us to love. Why? Because we're created in the image of God, and which is why there's billions of pages on Google about how to be loved and how to receive love. And our bodies are wired to love. Did you know that? Did you know your dopamine levels go up, which makes you feel happier when you're loved? Do you know that I think it's oxytocin, your hormone that fights stress and anxiety increases when you feel loved, secure, accepted, safe. Our bodies are wired to um, live longer when we feel loved, that we are less likely to abuse substances if we feel secure and loved, that we, um, our blood pressure, if anybody's got high blood pressure here, just press into the love of Jesus because it'll help lower it. Like, this, just our bodies are physically wired to respond to love. And why? Because we're created in God's image, and God is love. And all his characteristics flow out of that. So it's just, yeah, and it was just such great uh, comfort to me when I was researching you know, this, and such comfort to me that I could bring you Jesus this morning. And it feels like every time I get to stand up here, I get to do that, and it's just a real privilege. And if you don't know Jesus, I hope you get to be introduced to him this morning and if you do know Jesus and that fire is cold, 
my heart this morning is that you, you step closer to him and you know a little bit more of his love for you this morning because it will transform the way you do every day. Um, so yes, what is real love? It's Jesus. And we're going to look at the story of the Samaritan woman. So chapter four, the Samaritan woman. So Jesus has been somewhere and he's going somewhere and he stops somewhere to have a break. Jesus needs rest. He is fully God, fully man, he needs to have a break. And you know what, he's hungry as well. The disciples have gone off to get lunch. So he's by himself in the middle of the day and he's taking rest by a well. And when he's at this well, a woman comes to fill her, her water container. And the first unusual thing in this story is, why is this woman filling her well in the middle of the day in a very, very hot country? It's not normal. You would then, you'd usually go out in the morning or the evening when it's a lot cooler. So there's something to say there in terms of how she feels about being around other people. And then Jesus speaks to her. Have you, I'd like some water, please, <laughs> effectively. And she's going, what? why are you talking to me? This woman is a Samaritan. A Samaritan and Jews don't, don't talk to each other, don't get on. So there's another thing here going. We've got a lady at the well in the middle of the day being spoken to by a man of a group of people that you, she wouldn't speak to. And Jesus is crossing all sorts of social boundaries here. He is extending love just by talking to her. Even if you stopped there, you could go, oh, that's a good story. But she then goes, well, one, why are you talking to me? And then they then end up having this conversation about living water and the water that she's drawing. Because she goes, well, I could well, get you some water out. But he said, I am the living water. So you would never have to do this again, sort of in spiritual terms. I can give you living water. And she's like, oh, what? <laughs> and, um, and in this exchange, Jesus is just giving her little gifts and insights into who he is. And the really interesting thing is a Samaritan woman, she already knows about Jesus and the Jewish culture. Because she starts to say back to him things that she knows about the Jewish culture. And they're expecting a Messiah. And he then tells her, I am that Messiah. He's seen that she understands and he responds to go, you can have the full truth. I am he. So it's just got this conversation going on of a lady that is separate from her society due to things that she's done. And she's going to the well at midday. Because Jesus had told her things that he knew about her. And we believe in the prophetic as a church today, that that still happens. And he tells her things about her that he would never have known as a stranger, that she had multiple husbands and she was with a, another man that wasn't her husband. And in doing that, he unlocks a key in her heart. And if you were at the prayer meeting the other night, I asked Mark to share his testimony. And so often God tells people things about themselves that in right the person sharing it shouldn't know and it unlocks the truth in the heart to receiving God's love so we've got this amazing exchange going on and these, they're having a chat and the disciples come back and she's gone off to tell the rest of the town a lady that may be a little bit presumptuous on my part but she might have been quite ashamed of her way of living, which is why she was at the well at midday when no one else was around. 
a lady that might have been cast out because of her behavior suddenly was full of living water that needed to tell everybody else about what Jesus has said and that the Messiah is literally at our well in our town at this time. And suddenly she has an authority to go and speak to everybody about who this, who this man is. And it's just a remarkable exchange of Jesus and this lady and the love that he shows her. He shows, he sacrifices his reputation in that moment. A man speaking to a woman, uh, the, the different uh, groups they were from, Samaritans and Jews, uh, what the disciples were going to think of him when they found him talking to her. You know, he gave up his pride or the cultural expectations to be able to meet this woman where she was at and to offer her uh, eternal life-giving water. And um, in this story as well, we see that he's totally interested in the one. We know we sing that song, Reckless Love, um, and he's interested in the one, the one that he meets every time, and he loves the one that he meets. And he restores her, restores her to full life, going, in me, you can have it all. Have all the living water you need. So Jesus sacrificed his own reputation, and he... Um, he restores the broken that's in front of him. So we're starting to get a glimpse of what real love is like. Because So I was on a course the last couple of days, and we were just reminded about the authority of the Bible. And that when we look at Google, we can let it in if we want. But actually, when we, we believe the Bible, it's not that we stand on it and push our opinions, feelings, backgrounds, beliefs, experiences through the lens of the Bible to find out what it says is that the Bible lives over us, and in it, truth and authority speaks into our lives. And in that, in that sort of way of thinking, can we just stand for a minute? Because it's not, the authority I have to speak today is not my own, it's Jesus's that he's given me. And in the preparation, Barney asked, oh, Debbie, how's it going? I was like, yeah. Dad's going, oh, how's it going? Yeah, it's all right. But I just, there's a real response that we need to do personally. Jesus wants to meet with you personally, one-to-one, -one, like the woman at the well. If there's stuff that's broken you, that you're ashamed of, that you, I don't know, anything really, is that, you know, this message is only going to be effective if your heart is open to what Jesus has done for you. Like, there's nothing I can say to convince you. It is through the Holy Spirit speaking and ministering and you responding in kind. So just, yeah, close your eyes. You know, the Holy Spirit's with us always, and we just ask him to speak now. You just say, Father, come. As, as you met the woman at the well, Father, we are walking up to that well right now and say you are the living water, and we'd love to draw from you this morning. What is real love? Jesus, the one that sacrificed it all, that gave it all, gave himself to others and restores the broken. That is us. We are the women at the well. We are not sinless. Father, we come before you. Holy Spirit, just come. If you're not used to just being with the Holy Spirit, a way of uh, receiving is just putting your hands out like you would a gift. Open our hearts, Father.
Not our will done, laws, but yours. On earth as it is in heaven. Bring your kingdom here, Father, one person at a time. Father, I just want to pray for those that have been avoiding the well because of shame that they're carrying about stuff, the guilt they're carrying about stuff. And Father, I thank you that you are a loving Father, that you sent your one and only Son to come and die for us, knowing that he would be restored fully as you restore us now. Yes, Yeah, Father, we're not uncomfortable. We're not scared of uncomfortable silences, Father. We're scared of going away, not having met with you. (laughs) Father, we're not fearful of waiting on you. We're fearful of not having met the living God. Father, lead us. Show us your real love. Holy Spirit, just bring to mind stuff that is blocking people coming to meet with you. Whether it's something this week, something as a child, something last year. Holy Spirit, just come and help remove those barriers. I want to speak joy, peace, grace, mercy, the real love of Jesus Christ over everybody here this morning. Amen. Amen. Have a seat, guys. And my prayer right now is that as we have just done that, that actually God will keep ministering into that. We're going to respond with worship in a minute. You know the songs we sing in worship? They're not just a song like you sing when you sing the radio. They're songs of declaration to the almighty God, the heavenly Father, that can do all things and change all things and be everything that he ever said he was going to be in your life. And so when we come and do that, we expect God to move in our hearts and there to be a response. So we want to bring glory to God and say, Father, we receive everything that you wish to give us this morning. And that is real love. The love the Samaritan woman received at the well. So we'll get there in a minute. My testimony, how can we receive real love? How can we receive real love? It's not an exercise. It's not an academic matter. Okay, I sat in a very academic few lectures the last couple of days, and I was like, but you know what? The the heart of the Father is not academic. Praise the Lord, those amongst us that don't enjoy education quite so much, and that he is available to the child, the adult, the OAP that's now, you know, nearer glory than other people. Like, it's just a wonderful thing. And I want to show you a little video and just about that responsive heart, because I feel maybe that's what's on my heart this morning, just about how we respond more than how we receive this morning. But by knowing Jesus, 
that lady, when she went running back to the town, she'd received her inheritance in him and the wholeness of that. You know what that meant? She's now a son and daughter of the king, that you can now sit at the table. Do you know that? You're a son, you're a daughter of the king. That gives you an abundance of treasures and authority in his name. And when I was thinking about this, like, what's the best way to really connect that heart thing of going, what does it truly mean to be adopted into a family? And I thought, well, let's, let's watch a video of a little boy being adopted into a family and truly what that means. Because, again, it's not an academic exercise. You've been adopted into the best family you could have ever known. And so, yeah, it's just a short video. And just, just gain a sense of the heart of this, a bit like the Samaritan's reaction when she found out who Jesus was. It was there was a response. So let's just, yeah, watch a little video. Why not? And what he said there at the end was, thank you so much. <laughs> and when we come and worship, we're like, thank you so much. Yeah? yeah. Yes. <laughs> and it's just, yeah, it's a wonderful thing, isn't it, to receive such acceptance, such love, such significance. Um, and Freedom in Christ, when I did it, they, 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 in youth we did it once as well, we taught it. And you can either remember it as ass or sass, either way. It's significance, acceptance, and you're secure, you're safe in him. And when you accept Jesus' real love for you, it becomes like that anchor at the bottom of the sea that's tethered to your boat. Stuff might go on, you might move around, but your significance, your acceptance in him, and your security does not change. It's a wonderful thing when you really grasp it. And I did Freedom in Christ many years ago now, and it set for me a trajectory of just healing and understanding God's real love and how it can impact the relationships that I have. And I would highly recommend it if this is where you're at. If you're a new Christian, I would recommend Pete and Fran's course or group that they're doing, Finding Faith. If you're going, Debbie, I'm not still sure what you're really talking about, about what Jesus did, their, their course is really good 
good to go on is on a Friday. And there's other space for those sorts of conversations as well. Um, and we're going to land this worship band if you want to come back. I know I've been a little bit all over the place with this, but what is real love? It's the love of Christ for you. He loves you. You can come as you are. We come in repentance of the things that we, we do that isn't godly. And um, we just come to meet with the Father. That's like when just preparing. So I've got a whole list of stuff here. I might have thrown it all out. But let's come, let's stand. Let's come and meet with the Father. Your Father who says... I adopt you. Oh, you, I adopt you into my family. Kim, I adopt you into my family. Mark, I adopt you into my family. Come as you are. And we're going to worship the one that has adopted us into his family. Accept the inheritance that you now have in him. And let's rejoice. There might be sadness. There might be joy. There might be all sorts of things in between. But that's totally okay because... Like that little boy, you are now fully accepted into the, the family of Christ. You are, yeah, brother, sister. We can now just thank the Lord for what he's done.